Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And it is our spooktacular Halloween episode. Ooh. Um, and we watched maybe the scariest anime I have ever seen. <laughs> Legitimately and unceasingly terrifying. Like actually terrifying, but probably not for the right reasons. Yes. Um, we we watched the English dub of uh, Ghost Stories, and if you don't know why that is infamous, hold on to your seats, best buds, because it is quite the story. <laughs> yeah, you might not know the name, but you've probably seen clips of it on TikTok or Instagram or whatever the whatever the kids are into these days. Yeah, um, and before we get into that wonderful tale, uh, we're going to regale you with our usual banter uh, and a little bit of news. We have some exciting uh, news from the world of Hunter Hunter, among other Ooh. things. Uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, we'll get into all the spookiness. Uh, but up first, um, in the theme of hauntings, uh, the High Dive app is haunted. Oh, yeah? Is it haunted yeah. by the soul of Funimation? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it is. Dude. All right. Like, I've railed about this app before, right? Yeah. You, you've railed this app. I have railed this app uh, hard. But the 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 pause button's not working. <laughs> like... I, I don't know if it's just like since the latest like software update or something, but like I was, you know, we're we're getting prepared uh, for our upcoming seasonal anime episode, which is coming up after this. And I think there's something like 96 episodes that we're supposed to to watch for it. We'll and see how much of that happens. <laughs> uh, we've already crossed one off the list for being yes. just a straight up grooming fantasy. Um, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not watching grooming fantasies and we're not watching Maroni <laughs> Kenshin. So you can get uh, rid of that now. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm watching some shows on High Dive and uh, Best Person Cat came home the other day and I went to like pause it. I pressed pause and the the audio pauses but the video just keeps playing that's hilarious uh, and then it just it doesn't do anything that's the that. that's <laughs> the best way for it to fail that's so good because it's trying to pause but it's not so it's just like so what i literally do now and my workaround is and this is on the like an ipad but uh, the phone and the ipad have the same issues in my experience like I just have to back out of the video and it, uh -huh. it, thankfully it like saves where I'm watching. So effectively it works like a pause. Um, but it's just like, dude, high dive. Come on. If you, if you want to compete in this market, like you have to give people a good viewing experience. Like content is certainly part of it, but like if you can't pause a video, like you don't have like jump forward or backwards. Crunchyroll just added skip um, like intros, which is yes, like, they huge. have. Um, they have offlining like 
the high dive interface is a mess on as apps like you, you guys I will say specifically Apple apps because I don't have any problems with my Android apps uh, on high dive. I will say my one issue with high dive that I do have is when I watch it on the fire TV in the living room, the pause button does not work. But if I hit the center button on the remote, that pauses it. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's like kind of like they're just like, yeah, Apple's hard. Fuck Apple. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, fuck Apple. But, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe, maybe people who, maybe a lot of people use it. So maybe don't. Yeah, yeah, it just it seems like it would be a good idea to invest in that. So that's that's my free advice. This is uh, our free advice to high dive. Maybe don't <laughs> fuck Apple. Yeah. Um, I also so I want to go like totally off the anime path. Um, OK. And and talk about uh, what I've now learned was was called uh, internally as nowsy. Um but is No One Will Save You. It is a movie that's available on Hulu from 20th Century Pictures. Um, it is... Uh, have you seen Signs? I have seen Signs, but before you continue, I just want to let you know that I was 100% sure that that was a misleading title for you to say that it's time to do the pact. And I was like, there is no way he he watched the whole thing between then and now. Oh, bro. <laughs> On top of watching 20 episodes of Ghost Stories and I'm like eight deep into uh, fall anime season. There's I was like, no there is time. absolutely no way. <laughs> and and maintaining like human relationships, a well, full time like? job. <laughs> like, yeah, no time. Um but yeah, so uh, it, it's a movie on Hulu. Um, it's basically like the third act of Signs. Okay. Um, but like the movie. So it, it's like a home invasion thriller, but with aliens. Right. And then it kind of like evolves from there into a little bit bigger story. Um, but it's it's a tight 90 minute watch. Um, the, the protagonist basically does not talk throughout the whole film it's very much the entire story and kind of like backstory to like why she is so isolated in this house by herself is just kind of shown to you through interactions she has with people and like flashbacks and things like that but it, it's a story that's an incredible example of showing not telling interesting yeah, it's it, it's it's very different from like the anime stuff that we talk about. But uh, if you're looking for like a good movie and you have Hulu, um, would recommend. Yeah, I, I like that kind of that genre of movie. Like Signs was fine. My favorite version of it was the fourth kind, because the fourth kind was kind of like Paranormal Activity, but with the kind of with the signs like home invasion alien. Oh, then, then I think you would really enjoy this one. Yeah, I actually I watched um, I watched the fourth kind by accident. I didn't know what it was. It was just a movie that popped up in my thing. So I watched it and I was like by myself at two in the morning, all, all alone in my my room when I was living in Japan and like it was the perfect time to watch the movie. Like it was it actually had me getting like chills watching it. Because like I couldn't get, I I was in just the perfect headspace for it. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah it's anyway. always nice when it, when all the stars align to make a viewing experience great. Like um, the time that I got super stoned and went and saw Inception. Uh, oh, and, that's perfect. Uh, and, oh, oh, and a hurricane happened. No way. And this this is like in like in the middle of the woods in Massachusetts. Uh, in like this old ass movie theater and the whole place was shaking I do have you beat on on <laughs> Inception specifically though watching experiences because the first time I ever saw Inception was on an airplane it was, <laughs> the was. In, it was an in-flight movie <laughs> and I was asleep and I <laughs> heard it and visualized the whole movie in my dreams. Yeah. When I was watching the movie, I was like, how am I watching this particular movie on an airplane right now? This is ridiculous. Um, that I, that one would kind of suck to have that small of a screen, though. Anyway. Yeah, we, true. We were devolving into, into, um, into Inception, I guess. Uh, I, I suppose. I, I want to talk about Rooster Fighter. <laughs> sure which is, you do. Which is like a manga that I have had my eyes on for a while. Are you familiar with it at all, Best Boy Justin? Yes, I am. Yes. Have you read it? No, but I am familiar with it. Oh, my God. It is exactly what I expected it to be and in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. Right. So the premise of Rooster Fighter is there is this world where people can kind of, and I feel like I've seen this in anime before too, like where people will turn into these kind of like yokai or demons um, when they have just kind of these really overwhelmingly negative feelings. Um and it kind of manifests in different ways. And they look like these kind of like Japanese, like folklore characters. And they're just kind of like massive, like two story creatures that wreak havoc on, on, you know, the cities of Japan. Uh, and the protagonist of our story is a rooster who fights them. And it is a battle shonen, maybe seinen manga. And it, follows the formula to a fucking T like mm -hmm. it it is it is so spot on like the first chapter like opens with him like banging this hen and okay. like <laughs> and like he like hops off of her and he like starts walking and she's like you're leaving and he's like I'm sorry but you know I was born to wander <laughs> <laughs> and like he goes out and he has like a like fight and stuff and like there's a I think uh, there's a point where he's gonna get like an apprentice chick um, of course that has like you know uh, the kind of like kanji like written on his back like kind of like gangster style uh -huh. um, but it's just like every time like cause you, you kind of see it, it like it just is what it is. It is a just shonen battle manga and it takes itself so seriously and it never drops it, but it's just about a rooster. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's it's just it's executed so well. I love it. It's very postmodern. I mean, yeah, it's kind. Of, it sounds kind of like it's it, it, not just a shonen, but it's like a commentary on the what a shonen is and can be. I don't know. Essentially, right? Like it is. Like we can take this absurd premise and and just do the formula like so well and just show that this formula works so well you can throw a rooster in as the protagonist right um, and and it works it works so i picked up the second volume so i'm eager to see how it continues because there's at least four out now so oh wow i'm 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 curious to see the larger story well, you'll definitely have to keep us posted on Rooster Fight. I'm curious. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will let you know. But speaking of roosters fighting, um, something entirely different. Uh, no, I wanted to talk about Undead Murder Farce, first of all. Um, because I think Undead Murder Farce was probably the best or one of the best original anime or new new anime of last season. Um it was just really well executed. It's like it, it, it's the, the premise of the show is it's kind of like a a blending of Japanese and Western folklore. So like you have things like Oni and you have like the uh, Kappa and like Japanese type of, um, you know, myths and yokai and things like that. Like the 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 main protagonist, uh, one of the main protagonists, he's like a half Oni and the whole thing about Oni is that they are like the their their strength is that they can like super regenerate and they can cause damage to other supernatural beings that can't be healed. So they're like natural demon hunters. Right. And then you have the other main character who is a head, basically a, a severed head. And she is the immortal woman. And there's like a whole like folklore background to her. But they engage in, um, you know, murder mysteries involving Western folklore. So you have things like werewolves and vampires. And um, you have Sherlock Holmes is a character in the show. Um and one of the, the reasons why I really wanted to talk about it is because another character in the show, he's not specifically named as Frankenstein's monster, but he is named Victor and he is like a patchwork man. Right. He's he's huh. a person who's been built by together by piecing together like corpses and stuff like Frankenstein. Like I, he, he I can't imagine never... that Carol Shelley's not in the public domain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Shelley's in the public domain for forever. Um but basically, what I wanted to talk about was that this show, and I have studied Frankenstein pretty extensively. For those of you who don't know, I was an English major in college. And one of the things they don't tell you about and, majoring in, in English. And Best Boy Justin is actually made up of a bunch of severed dead bodies. I am, yes. That is how I was born. That's why I'm so big. Um, no, but the, what they don't tell you when you go to school for English is that you are going to read Frankenstein specifically about 30 times in, Dude, w- in different contexts. I didn't even contexts. go to school for English and I read it like 16 times in school. Yeah, you're going to read it in like every context. And the reason why is because it's like one of the most it, it lends itself so perfectly to a very large amount of different um, literary criticism 
styles. So like I have read I have read Frankenstein from a feminist perspective. I've read Frankenstein from a Marxist perspective. I've read fe- I've read it from um, a uh, a post-colonial perspective. Like you can read Frankenstein in so many ways. But anyway, I digress. One of the reasons why I really like Undead Murder Farce is because they did a really good job with his character, with the character of Victor, because in a lot of shows and like I guess like it happens in anime and cartoons a lot when they have a Frankenstein character, he's kind of like a zombie he doesn't have words. He just goes and like, you know, stuff like that. But in the books, Frankenstein's monster is like a deeply philosophical being like he is very like the whole story is basically about Frankenstein coming to grips with what the reality of his existence means. Right. And so like he's not he's it's kind of like the, the only other way. Wait, I, can describe I thought it, it was is, just about pitchforks and fire. No, it, there is pitchforks and fire involved, but it's not the central theme. Oh. Um, the best way I can describe it is kind of like how people who read the Batman comics and then saw the Bane in the original Batman. Was it Batman Returns, the one with with Bane or Batman Forever, um, where Bane was just like a kind of like a zombie uh, wrestler luchador. But in, in the comics. Rises? No, oh, that's no, the, the, you're talking the, about the old one. <laughs> yeah, the old one. The good version yeah, of it yeah. is Dark Knight Rises because Bane was actually like a real he's like a tactical genius and he's really intelligent um, and he has like plans. He plays like, you know, 5D chess. Um, oh, and that's the kind of that fun voice. Exactly. That's the kind of dynamic that you have with um, Frankenstein in this uh, Frankenstein's monster in this context, because um, in Undead Murder Farce, he's he's kind of portrayed as someone who is, uh, you know, he's capable of scheming. He he does it. He's more complicated than you than he seems in first blush. He kind of plays both sides to his own advantage. Um, And I thought that that was really well done. But that's not the only thing that was really well done in Undead Murder Farce. The fight scenes were really, really good. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, and like the I didn't one that get I... to any fight scenes with what I watched because I only watched the like three episodes for the beginning. Though that was one that I wish I had had time to keep up on. Yeah, no, every fight scene in this was was really well done. But the best one, there is one where the main character Tsugaru, he fights a werewolf, and that that battle is really fantastically done. Um, and it kind of it's it's not the same kind of. Um, you know, kind of played out dumb combat styles where it's like I punch really hard and I punch you harder than you punch me. And that's how the battle works. Like it's actually like, you know, each each fight has because of the way that the the folklore works, every kind of opponent has their own weaknesses. And it's up to Sugaru and Aya, who is the 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 female lead. Uh, it's up to them to figure out the best way to fight each person Um in a way that will actually like harm them, right? So like you have all sorts of people. You got werewolves, you have vampires, you've Alistair Crawley. I don't know if, if that name rings a bell for some of you guys out there, um, who's like an evil magician. Um Moriarty, the the bad guy from Sherlock Holmes, is there too. Oh, um, the Patriot? The, yeah, yeah. The Phantom of the Opera is there. Um oh, yeah, so, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think Undead Murder Farce, uh, I didn't I didn't see a ton of like 
chatter about it online. So I guess maybe it's kind of going under the radar. But from what I have heard, like I've only heard good things as the show has gone on. It is what I've heard about it for a catch up episode for me. What I've heard about it has been good. I just haven't heard a lot of it. Um, But anyways, moving on to something that we have heard a lot about. (laughs) We're going to talk about Mushoko Tensai for a minute. Um, Because now we're we're, we've all we were both caught up. We both watched it. Um, So it's time for us to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it in depth. I feel like. Uh, okay. I mean, because we could have a whole episode. Yeah, we're we're just going to talk about some of the broad strokes, but we are going to maybe get into some light spoilers. So if you're not caught up and you plan on watching it, maybe skip ahead. I'll put something in the show notes that'll um, let you know where the spoilers end. Um, But if you don't want some light spoilers or maybe medium spoilers, uh, this is your time to tune out. Um, But yeah, so I actually watched, uh, I did a lot of catching up on Mushoko Tensai during breaks at work um, because I just didn't have any other time. And I watched a lot of it like back to back. And I got to say the back to back one, two punch of the let's go on a date to the slave market arc. (laughs) And and then let's let's capture and tie up our female classmates and grope their breasts. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I. So for me, I I watched it in chunks, right? Okay. So I watched that section and then was like, okay, I need a break. <laughs> and then I came back and watched like the rest of it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, overall, this season, I, you know, it wasn't bad. I mean, it was bad because the content was unsavory i'll say that i'll i'll put up uh, to put not to put too fine a point on it uh, i have a lot of thoughts about the way mushoko tensai deals with slavery and consent and things like that did um, you watch that video i sent you i don't remember i i might have uh, which about, video like, the, the people that were like uh he's saving her yeah yeah and that doesn't really work Oh, that, that, that I was just work. like the comments of that video were so toxic. It was disgusting. Yeah, it, it kind of. So a lot of times, you know, I see you you have to take cultural norms into account whenever you talk about things like this. But, um, you know, because in America, where, where I live um, most of the time, we have a very different um relationship with slavery than they do in Japan, right? Japan doesn't have a history of chattel slavery the way we do here. Um for those of you who aren't familiar with the difference, chattel slavery means it, you're enslaving an entire like basically an entire race. Um you it, you're a slave not because of circumstances that happened in your life, but because of who you are and how you were born. So entire families being enslaved. That's what chattel slavery is, right? Um, whereas in Japan, Japan has more of a history of slavery as a result of wars. Um, there is a lot of um, 
mercantile slavery. So like slave be selling yourself into slavery or going into slavery to cover your debts, indentured servitude. Um, but they don't have the same history with slavery as we do. But all of that being said, even though that's an excuse for a lot of other ways that slavery is approached in Japanese media, this one in particular doesn't benefit from that defense because it is still slavery is still shown in a positive light in this show. It's not shown as like, a, oh, it's a bad thing that happens because of how society is and blah, blah, blah. It is it is shown as like, oh, you need to solve a problem. Let's go get a slave. Yeah, we got slaves down the block. We'll get permission from the school. Let's go. And it, so it works. He doesn't he doesn't release her, right? So basically the way it's portrayed in the show, it's like, oh, we, we bought her as a slave, but we treat her as family. And right, but he doesn't release her. Right, because he, I guess theoretically she's too young to be, quote unquote, released. Right. So like this, I feel like this is a much different problem than we have with Shield Hero. Right. Because Shield Hero the slavery is shown to be is portrayed as a bad thing. Like people around him are like, yo, you have a slave. That's fucking gross. Like that's disgusting. You're, you're a piece of shit. And, um, the, the, you know, the badness there comes from her perpetuation of the idea of people wanting to be enslaved because she, like proactively like asked to be enslaved. And that's like, that is a a bad stereotype to perpetuate. Yes, but they do deal with that later. I will say they deal with it later. It whether or not it's handled well <laughs> is is another question entirely. But at least there is a there is a a, a continuation there. There is a discussion. A philosophical discussion happening about that topic, whereas in Mushoko Tensai, it's basically like, oh, I have a problem to solve and we can solve it by buying a slave. So that's what we're going to do. And then they do that. And then it's like, OK, problem solved. The end. Yeah, I, like, we're nice to her. It's fine. Right. List. I, I, I think it is fair to say having a slave is bad. Dan, you're really getting controversial here. I don't know. <laughs> like, cancel culture is going to come for Dan on that hot take. Like, uh, it's, Best boy God, Dan just, out here, slavery bad 2023. I'm, I'm going to go off just for like a hot second and then we can move on. But okay. Like, I am so sick of like it being controversial for statements like that nowadays. Right. Like. Things like saying like promoting violence is wrong. Like that is just except when I do it. (laughs) Except for when Best Boy Justin does it, then it's justified and it's also cool. (laughs) But like, um, but like, it's safe to say like no one should be promoting violence. Like, you know, no one slavery is bad. So I like, think here here is where we here is where they and I, I'm, I'm not I'm not playing devil's advocate because I agree with you. What I am going to say is wh- where they are coming from. And this is stu- it's a stupid argument because there's ways to do what they think that they are doing, which is not what they're doing. They're saying like, oh, well, it's a it's a story. You're telling a story. Sometimes you have things in a story that are not good because they're a part of how the story works. And it's like, yes. But 
if that story, if the story that that story is telling is we engaged in slavery and it worked and it's fine, then that is also still bad. You know, I like, think what we're saying is we accept that Rudius is a total lech <laughs> and 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 has shrines of panties, but slavery is too far. Yeah, clearly. No, it, it's it, here's no. the thing. Like, well, because a lot of people, the the critics, I, I don't th- I don't call them critics because they're not engaging in good faith. But whatever, we'll call them critics for now. They'll say like, oh, so what? You don't ever want you. You think no story can have slavery in it. Every story with slavery in it is bad. And that's that's not what I'm saying. What we're saying is that a story that glorifies slavery or that doesn't that shows slavery to be a good thing or a positive solution to a problem is bad. <laughs> like that's yeah, not I, good. I would say it is. Yes, I would agree with that. And I would also say that, like, you can absolutely tell stories about slavery. You can tell stories about purchasing slaves it is how you handle them and what you use them for so like purchasing a little girl and keeping her as a slave is bad point blank yes right no matter how nice you are to her (laughs) it does it does not matter how nice you are it does not matter that it is acceptable in that world and it it doesn't it makes it weak in that point of storytelling it also makes rudius's character even more unredeemable, irredeemable, 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 whatever, whatever it is, it's bad. Um, And, and it's not going to prevent me from watching. I'm excited because I know this is the first half of the season. (laughs) There's still the rest of it to tell. And I'm really curious to where it goes. I, I think this is a lot of setup to bring a lot of darkness because this show is not as happy as this season has built up to be. So I can only imagine something bad is going to happen. Yeah, I will say, yeah, it is a very marked departure. And we, we talked about this a little bit because Best Boy Jamie and I caught up to it at the same time. And it's funny because the the climax of the first season is let's attack and destroy God. Right. And the climax of this part of the second season is I finally got a boner. (laughs) And that (laughs) disparity is wild. I'm not saying this season was bad. I am saying it is very it is different enough that you would be forgiven for thinking that maybe it was a spinoff. I mean, yes, there are some actual things to deal with here. Like, we're not going to do a whole episode of Mushoku Tensai, but like you could talk about like, (laughs) oh, you know, the way in which these two women in his life, um, I forget the girl, the first girl's name, but then you have her and Sylphie and the way they react to him having, you know, having this struggles with impotence is kind of a, a contrast between like, you know, be having someone in your life who accepts you or having someone in your life who is bound by societal standards. Um, You could get into that all day long. I'm not going to. But like at the end of the day, the two seasons are very different. Yeah, I, I, I have faith in the storytelling of the show um, to take it somewhere more interesting going forward. Yes, I, I, I hope that is the case. Um, 
Anyway, moving on, uh, we have exited spoiler territory at this time. You can take off your spoiler helmets. Um, you may remove your spoiler jock straps. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and this was something that came up. Uh, it, it's been boiling under the surface of my of my soapbox rants for a while, but like it kind of it, it finally burst forth recently because like I have noticed a really huge uptick in. I don't know if this is the actual term for them, but this is how I have come to know them. Um, self-insert manga. Are you familiar with this kind of this topic, Best Boy Nan? Is it when you insert yourself into the manga? No, that is called the reason why I'm not allowed at Barnes and Nobles anymore. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I'm so happy you yes ended that. <laughs> um, no, uh, self-insert. You actually sent me one um, the other day. It's this type of manga where, and it's become very popular because it's kind of, it's kind of, to be entirely honest, it's kind of low effort. They're often published online they're not like published they're not serialized or anything like that and it, it is manga is that it is like told first person yeah it's like a first person manga where oh. and it is almost always revolves around you as you're assumed to be male uh, uh, like a teenage male maybe and it's basically just like a female person talking to you and like answering questions that are like assumed that you are asking. And it's um, like, for example, the one that you sent me was about like, oh, you don't remember me. I'm your girlfriend. You have amnesia, blah, blah, blah. And then like the next panel is like her inner monologue where she's saying, oh, I can't believe I never had the courage to ask him out. But now that he lost his memory, now I have the chance to be his girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And they're oh, all. Oh, my God. I thought that was like a lull. I didn't realize that was a whole genre. No, that's a whole genre. Best boy, Dan. Um, and a lot of I'm them are so really perturbed. Bad and like they they're so cringe. Like it, it, it's clearly it's catering to a type of psychosis that I can only imagine in my wildest fantasies. Um, one of the ones that that really sparked my hatred of this type of manga is. There is an entire and this is that was a one shot, the one that you sent me, Best Boy Dan. But there is one entire series that I just it kept popping up on my Reddit feed and I downvoted every time I saw it. I downvoted it, but it still kept popping up <laughs> was um, basically there's this. I don't know the whole story because I didn't read the whole thing. Obviously, it would just whatever chapters you would pop up on my you Reddit and co compete with Japanese loneliness. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and no, but it was about a girl who was being abused Oh, um, no. Yeah. So like she was she constantly had like like bandages and marks on her. And like the whole concept was like you were her classmate and like you're trying to find out like what's wrong with her and like ah. see how you can help her fix her life. And like she's like and it, it, the, the most oh, disgusting God, part of it of to me in high school. Oh, God. The most disgusting part of that to me is just the way they portray her warming up to you because like obviously like in the beginning part she's like i don't need your help blah 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 mind your business oh you just want to take pity on me and then like of course like as the chapters go on she warms up to you or whatever but it's just so incredibly perturbing to me i don't oh, like it it's like a, it's a white knight 
Yes. Yes. Exactly. That's exactly what that is. But they're not all. They're not all white knight ish. But that one is. That's Um, really gross. Yeah, it's really grody. I do not like it. Um, And it's I feel like everywhere I look on Reddit or on like anime forums and stuff like that, they keep popping up. They're becoming a thing and I don't want them to. I want them to stop becoming a thing because I don't like them. And I think they're weird and they make me uncomfortable. And oh, I can see that going to some really like unhealthy places yeah i feel i honestly i feel like the whole genre is a little unhealthy because like yeah. you know obviously we, we we fiction is a is a form of escapism right we we all in, engage in escapism when we consume fiction media um but this is just like it's not escapism it's it's a way for you to create your own new reality that well, you can inhabit like, instead and it's just it's, it's like pg like um like girlfriend experience yeah kind of like it's right? it's very like, it's it's like kind of just like getting a fake hit of connection yeah yeah and it, it's it's so much Ugh. different i feel like from like okay so like i like to read a lot of like romance and slice of life and whatever but like when i do and when i do that i do enjoy the wholesomeness and like you know whatever um but i don't in, i'm not trying to insert myself into that story like it's not like i'm like no, oh yeah like i wish empath- i was that i wish i was that office feelings. worker who's in love with his senpai like i don't i don't even want to necessarily use the word pathetic because like to me there there's a pathology here like it, it's definitely there's something I, you know, I don't want to diagnose anybody and not that I'm qualified to do that. But like it, it, there is something here that is deeply unsettling and unhealthy and I don't like it. And every time I see it, it makes me cringe so hard that I go inside out. Um, I would say people who if this is maybe something that you're interested in, it it may be worth exploring other sorts of stories because those or, do not give you a, a good sort of portrayal of reality. Yeah, you might want to try exploring the types of stories they tell you in therapy. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what. Let's get into some news and I'll tell you a whole bunch of things you can check out. All right. So in that case, we'll check in with Studio WEB for some anime news. <laughs> That's right, Best Buds. We have more horned up Japanese singles between the ages of 20 and 39 than you can shake a stick at, even if they're stuck in Studio Ghibli Park. Oh, boy, that is incredibly specific. It is, because in August, the local government of Japanese Aichi Prefecture announced that it would be holding a Ghibli-themed matchmaking event for singles living, studying, or working within the prefecture. It provided to be an uh, unexpectedly popular. Because face-to-face events held by private companies have dwindled since the COVID-19 pandemic, the government planned this event as a way for singles to meet. And as Aichi is home to Ghibli Park and Studio uh, Ghibli Theme Park, uh, what would be a better theme and location? The matchmaking event will uh, split participants into groups of six, with three men and three women in each group. They will go on a scavenger hunt around the Aichi Expo Memorial Park, where Ghibli Park is 
is located, searching for uh, specific Studio Ghibli-related public art pieces together. Uh, during the application period between August 1st and September 18th, 2023, uh, over 1,175 men and 1,074 women uh, applied uh, between wow. the ages of 23, 20 and 39 uh, for f- only 400 open slots. That's uh, so actually, they got- I'm going to be entirely honest with you, that is a better ratio than I thought they were going to get. Uh, the, yeah, the ratio is actually surprisingly good. Um, I think that it's Ghibli helps too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, but it's also like five times more than, than they were planning for initially. Yeah, absolutely. So this is like super popular. Uh, so in response to the overwhelming, uh, interest, the government employee in charge said we were surprised. Perhaps it's the unusual nature of the event. Uh, that was such a large scale, uh, that w- that it was on such a large scale with 400 people expected that drew interest, uh, or perhaps it was simply that many people are looking for a place to meet other people, uh, which is so sad. <laughs> I mean, it's sad, but it's really true, kind of. Like, it is, and especially in Japan, I'm like not surprised the government's like, please, make babies. Yeah, um, this is great. I actually, um, I want to come up with other anime related matchmaking groups so like what other what other what other uh studios would be good i'm gonna i'm gonna give you one to start off with what what about a studio mappa matchmaking (laughs) event yeah um i well i was just trying to think of like the most cursed anime to do like a matchmaking event and i was thinking like um like alchemist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or yeah, Full Metal Alchemist, yeah. What about like, um, oh, I just have one in my brain and it's gone now. It's like, oh yeah, come meet I, a single and then we'll sacrifice all of you to create the Philosopher's Stone. The the two studios that if they had a matchmaking event, I know for a fact I would meet my lifelong wife there. If they had one from Pine Jam or Orange, I'm surprised you didn't say Kyoto Annie. I don't know. I, maybe yeah, Kyoto Annie, I guess. But for some reason. Pine Jam and Orange were the ones that came to mind first. I don't know why. Interesting. Maybe it's because I go to Kyoto Annie for my Yuri stuff, you know? Ah, okay, fair enough. I don't know. Whatever it is. Maybe I'll find a wife who's also into Yuri. If if you're out there, um, I don't know. Don't send me an email. That'd be weird. Or maybe do. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, or, or just meet Justin in the park. It doesn't have to be Ghibli Park. Yeah, just you'll, park. you can find me in the park reading Dragon Maid out loud. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I do all the voices. Uh, on that note, Yoshihiro Tagashi hinted at the return of the Hunter Hunter manga with a post on Twitter. The artist shared a photo of the corner of a manuscript uh, with the text that said start over. Uh, so he's starting Hunter Hunter from uh, chapter one. Oh, OK. That's Just a kidding. Choice. No, not not for real. Okay, um, I was going to say that's that's a lot. No, uh, but he is working again. He revealed in March that chapter uh, 401 of the series has been completed, although did not confirm uh, when the series would return to serialization. The manga went on hiatus in January, citing health issues of the author. Shueisha stated at the time that it uh, consulted with Togashi and decided that the manga should not follow the weekly serialized format going forward, which is like... So good for him. I'm happy that he was able to score that deal. 
The editorial department added that once it knows concrete details of the manga's return and how the manga will be serialized going forward, it revealed the details in the magazine. The manga is returned after a nearly four-year hiatus in the magazine's 47th uh, 2022 issue, which shipped back in October of last year. Uh, the manga has been on hiatus since November of 2018 before that. So uh, happy that he's working again. Um, wish him the best of health. I want, can't wait to see how the story ends. Yeah, and I, I this kind of gives, gives me hope for other manga that are out there like this, because like, I feel like for some manga, I don't need it to be on a serialized schedule. I just want I would rather have it than just have it go away forever. You know, uh, like, you know what's a really good example of that is Hokkaido Gals has been really good about its pacing. Yes, but one that I want to see that on is Rory Dragon. I don't know if any of you best buds out there are familiar with Rory Dragon. Um it's on Manga Plus. It made a huge splash when it first came out. Um, it's about this girl who is she's grown up as a normal girl her entire life. But when she hits puberty, she starts developing thing symptoms of being a dragon. Like, you know, she grows <laughs> horns. I remember when that happened to me. Yeah. She grows horns. She spits fire by accident oh. and it like really fucks up her throat. Oh, um, I, I grew horns and spit fire. Let me tell you. I, I can I can tell I can tell. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really hit manga. And then after I think like five or six um, chapters, the the mangaka, because of health problems, couldn't continue. And it's like I, I don't know if this is the case for this particular one. It's just the one that comes to mind. But like for manga like this, I wouldn't mind if like you get if like if it were possible as opposed to being like, he can't come back until you can do serialization again. Like, give me a chapter a year or like a chapter every couple of months. And I would be happy with that, too. You know? Yeah. Um, well, and I think if that works better hard. for your health. Yeah, I think it's hard for a lot of creators to, you know, just get away with that. And and yeah. thankfully, you know, Togashi is like one of the ones that is big enough that that they, you know, studios want to see the story end. Absolutely. But yeah, that's just my little rant. Um, when I saw that story, I was reminded of Rory Dragon and it made me sad because Rory Dragon does have a phenomenal story. Do not read it. If you haven't, if you've never read it before, don't read it because you're just going to get sad when you see how good it is and then it's never going to come back. Um, but speaking of great manga, um, I had, my new segment actually surprisingly upbeat this <laughs> this week. Um I'm so excited about this. Kodansha's K-Manga service announced that it has added George Morikawa's Hajime no Ippo boxing manga under the title Hajime no Ippo Fighting Spirit. The first 87 chapters, or 10 volumes of the manga, are available, and a new chapter will launch each week. Uh, this is the first official English release available in the West for the long-running manga. Finally! Finally, I can't believe it's 2023 and we are just getting an English release of Hajime no Ippo. That is true, but I am sad to see that it's on K-Manga, which means you'll have to pay a fortune to read it. Darn it. I One of my questions was, I forgot what K-Manga was like. Maybe I should go back and listen I mean, to our our manga uh, app episode. I mean, if you want, pull it, pull, keep talking, tell us the story about it. And while I pull up, pull it up on K-Manga and we'll see what it's looking like. 
Okay. Um, so for background, uh, the manga has reached over 100 million copies in circulation uh, with the 138th compiled book volume uh, on July 14th of this year. Morikawa expressed his gratitude to the story's fans for reaching this milestone and added that the manga is about halfway through the story and asked for fans' continued support. For the record, um, he's been writing Hajime no Ippo since 1989. Jesus. <laughs> so Before I was born. Long, so almost as long as I've been alive. <laughs> Jesus. Um, that's crazy. That is 34 years. Uh, and it's about halfway through. It is the only manga he has ever written. Um, All right, I, best boy dad, I have some numbers for you. You ready? Yeah, tell me. Yeah. If you want to read Hajime no Ippo on K-Manga, you can read the first seven chapters for free. Um, starting with chapter eight and going up to chapter 43, you can read one free per day. Um, and then chapter numbers 44 up until 88 are available for 69 points each. Um, and to put that in perspective, that is, where's my shop page here? If you wanted to buy... Um, each point is worth basically one cent. So if you 69 were 69 cents for a chapter. Yeah, 69 cents a chapter. Um, if you wanted to bulk buy the entire available um, catalog at this moment. Let's see. Bulk buy. You are looking at 5,589 points. Which is um, about like sixty bucks. Holy, okay. So not the best way to get the story, best. But no, clearly I'm, not. I'm I am hopeful that this is will be better in the future. But for context, the anime is a little over hundred and ten episodes, somewhere around there, um, and is available on Crunchyroll. Which you can get for what, like seven bucks a month, mm -hmm. ten bucks a month, something like that. Mine's been on auto. Mine's been on auto yeah. <laughs> for like seven years. So I go, don't even know anymore. Yeah, go listen to our anime <laughs> streaming service episode. I, I just consider <laughs> I consider the cost of Crunchyroll just a part of living at this point. It's like it's like rent or my phone bill. Yeah. So uh, it's available on there, and that covers the first like five hundred chapters. Um, yeah. So yeah, go watch the anime. I would say yeah, that's but, crazy too. Because imagine sixty nine points per chapter, and there's there's thousand there's over a thousand chapters of Hajime no Ippo. Like, bro, that like barely takes you through like like that's not even the first season of the anime. <laughs> and like the the cost, like how many chapters are in a volume? Because like that that math doesn't even math, you know. Like, if you were to just buy the volume, it would be, you know, Dude, so there's much. there's, like, 1,500 chapters out of it. <laughs> like, I just want to see, I want to see how many chapters are in one volume of Hajime no Ippo. Um, well, I, you, it's a little over 10, because there's 138 uh, volumes. And there's over 1,500 chapters. Yeah, so it's so much cheaper to just buy the volumes. Yeah, well, they don't exist in English yet. 
But still, like if they were volumes, then they would be cheaper. So it's literally well, so, just price gouging. So I think, and I don't have the information on this, but I think Kodansha has the distribution rights. They would have to in if the it's States. on K-Manga. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- but they have a, a, a an English printing arm. So I'm hopeful that they will actually put out uh, a manga version of it because I will absolutely buy that. Yeah, absolutely. So much better than paying fucking K manga for. I haven't. In case you guys don't know, I have an axe to grind with K manga. I'm not happy with their business model. All right, so we have come to the conclusion that that K manga is not the place, but maybe Kodansha will release it in uh, some sort of print volume. But as promised earlier, best buds, I do have some good news and some things that can entertain you and take up your time while you are not reading K-Manga. Yes. Uh, And that is that Crunchyroll has announced that it will add 20 animes to its ad-supported catalog from October 1st through October 31st in celebration of Halloween. Um, And there's some bangers in there. Uh, Crunchyroll users who have signed up for a free account will be able to watch with it uh, with ads. Um... But some highlights, some ones I want to shout out from the list is Blue Exorcist is a pretty solid, like, shonen-y type, like, dark show. Um, Hell's Paradise, uh, I, we on our catch episode recently, uh, I talked about it. I really enjoyed it. Um, have you watched Helsing, Best Boy Justin? No, I haven't, but it's been recommended to me a number of times. Yo, you should watch that. That's like an old school, like, vampire anime. It is hardcore. That's okay. cool. Uh, I know you have a lot of good things to say about Kimono Jihen. Yeah, love that show. Really, really good mystery show. Yeah. Um, Meiruko-chan, which we both loved. Yeah. Um, a lot of Tokyo asses. Tokyo Ghoul, which is kind of a classic uh, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, that's one I still need to watch. Season. Um, and Zombieland Saga. So, like, there's there's more, too, like Toilet Bound, Hanako-kun, um, and, you know... Higarashi when they cry, all sorts of stuff um, uh, that's very like spoopy themed um, but I think that's super cool that you know they're adding more stuff to the uh, ad supported platform so if you are not subscribed to Crunchyroll and you want to check them out um, I would say definitely check out Meirugo-chan if you want something like fun and spooky it's, it's a really good horror comedy absolutely um and moving on from that, I'm going to start in with my little section of news here this week. Uh, first up, we have Kadokawa revealing a new promotional video for the second season of the television anime of Zapon and Yasumo's Banished from the Heroes Party light novel series on Sunday. Uh, the video reveals the anime's staff and a January 2024 premiere date. Um Funimation streamed the first season as it aired in Japan in fall 2021, RIP. Uh, The first season is now available on Crunchyroll. Um, And Yen Press is publishing the light novels in English and describes the story thusly. Red was once a member of the Heroes Party, a powerful group destined to save the world from the evil forces of Taraxan, the raging demon lord. That is until one of his comrades kicked him out. Hoping to live the easy life on the frontier, Red's new goal is to open an apothecary. However, keeping the secret of his former life may not be as simple as he thinks, especially when the beautiful Rit, an adventurer from his past, shows up and asks to move in with him. Um, 
I really love this show. This is probably the 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 height of what this type of genre can achieve. This because for a while this story was very popular. The ones where I was in the hero's party, but for some reason or another I got kicked out, and now I'm living a slice of life story. Um, and the reason why I think this one is the best is because it actually doesn't do that. Like, yes, there is half of it is like a slice of life story, but the story is kind of told in two parts. You have the story of Red um, and Rit, who have the most beautiful and wholesome relationship in a fantasy anime that I have seen in a very long time. I really like it. Um, but then you also have it still tells the story of his party that has to continue on without him um, and the, the how they struggle and things like that. So, like, you still have this slice of life in the countryside with an apothecary. You have the guy. You have his kind of wife. They're not like their relationship is romantic, but I don't know necessarily if they consider themselves to be married. Um and then you have, you know, the kind of blending of the two towards the end of the first season, the two worlds, you know, kind of meld together a little bit. Um, so I'm really excited for the second season of this to come out. Um, and uh, I can't wait to uh, to see it in the new year. Um, yeah. Did you finish this? Did you you didn't watch this one, right? Best Boy Dan, this is one that you you skipped. Yeah, I don't I don't think I. I think I watched like maybe the first couple episodes of it, um, okay. but did not stick with it. Gotcha. All right, cool. Well, next up, we have Anime NYC has announced on Thursday that Cover Corporation's Hollow Live production VTubers will be attending Anime NYC 2023, which will run from November 17th through the 19th. Um, the VTubers will be attending as guests as well as performing a special concert. Uh, Japanese talent Suisei Hoshimachi will perform in the United States for the first time on November 17th with a guest appearance by Hololive English member Mori Calliope. Um, the third generation of English-speaking talents, Advent, will host a panel on November 18th. Members include Shiori Novella, Koseki Bijo, Nerissa Ravencroft, Fuwawa Abiscard, and Mokoko Abiscard. I'm going to be entirely honest with you. I don't know anything about these VTubers. Like, I know. Maury. I know. No, no, no. I know Mori because she's with Hollow Live Myth. But since then, there have been two generations of Hollow Live English VTubers. I am oh. vaguely familiar with Generation Two. Um, yeah, and then that generation was the, three. Like, gods yeah, that was or, like space one. Or yeah, that's the one where you had you had the owl Mume. She was great, and you had Hakos Biles, who was like the the chaos shark or the chaos uh, god uh, and chaos had, mouse. Yeah, she was a she was a rat. That's what she was. She was a yeah. rat. Um, and and then you have the, the generation three. Um, oh, I don't know anything. Which I don't know any of them at all. Um, oh, now I'm curious. <laughs> but um, I'm just sad that that Galguda is not going to be there um, because she's the one that I the, she like. I'm not super into VTubers really, but she's the one that I am into. Um, like I actually watch. I don't watch her streams live, but I do watch like the the vods. Um, Every now and then, especially like when I'm cooking is a good time for that. But um, they're not bringing Galguda. They've never brought Galguda to um, Anime NYC because they're keeping her away from me. Um, but uh, this good is reason. Yeah, this is exciting, though. Uh, Mori Calliope's super cool. I like her streams, too. 
Um, Anime NYC is coming up. That's uh, that's the other part of this news. Um, we've got about a little over a month now until it comes by. Um, so I don't know, Best Buds, what your plans are. I know we are planning to be there in some capacity or another. I don't know. We're probably not going to be... Um, as prolific at the event as we have been in past years, especially because I now have to work on weekends. Um, so I don't know when I will be free to go. Um, I'll but be there. We, but Best Boy Dan will be there. Um, so, you know, keep an eye out for him at least and maybe me. I, I'll try to be there for at least some period of time. Um, but I won't be there all three days start to finish like I was last year. Um so, yeah, that's uh, Anime NYC. We got some VTubers coming. It's exciting. Uh, and the, for the final part of my story, we have some almost kind of not really Gundam news. Pat Labor. Because it's not Gundam. It's Pat Labor. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, see, it's not Gundam. Um, but um, I'm actually... Pat Labor? So Pat Labor is kind of like... So... <sighs> How do I describe this? I've I, I've never really been super into Palabor, but I know what it is because I'm I'm heavily involved in like the mecha fandom. But um, so Gundam is like military fighting robots, right? Palabor is like what if instead of the military it was the cops, which is why I kind of don't same like it thing. as much. Um, yeah, kind of the same thing, but it's more specifically police based and um. Like the actual full title is Mobile Police Pat Labor. I'll get into it a little bit more. But first, um, the robotics company Move Lot, Move E Lot. I don't know how to pronounce this word. Um, announced a new project on Saturday where it will bring to life a pilotable Ingram Labor robot mecha from Mobile Police Pat Labor. Um, the project celebrates the new Pat Labor Easy Y anime that will uh, reveal and will reveal the robot to the public in the summer of 2024. The company will share updates on Twitter and Instagram with photo and videos highlighting the process. The Pat Labor franchise's original concept of police officers piloting robotic mecha, um, which are patrol labors or Pat Labors, which is where that name comes from, uh, was developed by Headgear, which is a group consisting of director Mamoru, uh, Mamoru Oshi, who did Ghost in the Shell and Skycrawlers, uh, scriptwriter Kazunori Ito, who did Dot Hack and Dirty Pair, which I don't know what Dirty Pair is, but it sounds hot. Um, I love me some dot hack too. Absolutely. Mecha designer Yutaka Izubuchi from Eureka 7 and Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, character designer Akemi Takata from Kimagure, Orange Road, Urase Yatsuda, and Fancy Lala. And manga creator Masami Yuki from Birdie the Mighty, which sounds interesting. Um, the franchise spawned two uh, original video anime, a television anime series, and three anime films. The last anime film, Pat Labor, WXIII, which I guess WX13, I don't know. I don't read Roman. Um, was released in theaters in Japan in 2002. Um, the, Je the Japan Anniversary Association officially recognized August 10th as Pat Labor Day. Um, now, like, yeah, this is an interesting one because, like, uh, by all rights, I probably should like this, so I should watch it at some point because, like, I love Ghost in the Shell, love Dot Hack, obviously I love Gundam, um, so I should probably check it out at some point. 
Um, it's not like I've been avoiding it. It's just it hasn't been at the top of my radar. I don't generally go in for cop shit that much. I mean, um, you love the militarization of the police. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like my favorite thing about the police, you know? Um, mm. No, but like, you know, I, I guess at the same time, like I said, I don't really go in for cop shit, but like um, Ghost but, like, in the, the Shell. the cops have like robots. Well, well, because it goes in the shell is kind of a more philosophical approach to like the police drama um, format. And so I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll check it out at some point. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that they're that they're they're doing their own. They're they're kind of one upping Gundam like Gundam has these moving statues. And then the, this company move a lot is like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to make one you can pilot. Um, so, uh, you know, keep an eye out for giant cop robots. Uh, we I already mean, have a cop robot in New York City, so this is this is exactly how RoboCop starts. This is how RoboCop starts. It, it, it all starts with me knocking over the police robot at Times Square. And then all of a sudden someone's going to come back naked from the future and they're going to tell me that someone's going to kill my mom or something i forget how terminator worked but like you know uh it's all gonna go downhill from there sure is absolutely um but anyway with all that being said i think that kind of wraps up our news for this uh this time around had some some interesting stuff going on let us know how you feel about police robots i hope it's negative because i'm not super jazzed about them um are you watching any of these newly newly added ad supported uh, entries into the Crunchyroll library? Do you want to come to my studio Mappa themed matchmaking event? Um, hit us up on Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. You can send us an email at the at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Also, don't forget to rate and review us five stars. Like absolutely really give it to that that like button like just really like you know really really let that like button know who's boss uh, i don't think there's actually a like button i don't know what i'm here's, parodying here's something. what else i would say is every once in a while it's okay to let the like button give it to you too i mean like, yeah you know like really switch it up just a little bit take it hard from the like button like really yeah. just just receive all the like button has to give you yeah, but alternatively, if there is no like button because this is a podcast and not a YouTube video, um, five stars. Tell your, yeah, five stars. Tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is like the best way for us to to get around. Let your other weeb friends know. Um, don't be shy. Talk to each other about anime. Um, but yeah, so we would really appreciate that. But with all that being said, it's time for us to kind of dive straight on into the meat and potatoes of this week's spoopy doopy episode. Oh, sorry, all you little yellow people look alike to me. And African-Americans, but not the Mexicans. Why do you think that is? I mean, don't you find that just the weirdest thing? Not really. You don't? No, but I do notice something else. Black men have larger penises than either Asians or Mexicans do. And I'm a size queen from the word go, you know what I'm saying? All right, best buds, I hope you have your, your scaring pants on and your very spookiest outfits prepared because uh, we're scaring actually... Scaring pants? 
Well, yeah, pants that you can shit in because you get so okay. scared that you shit. <laughs> Preferably I brown. I didn't, or, I didn't, or I didn't dark realize colors. I had to explain that, but yeah, apparently we have some <laughs> no, that, noobs I, in the chat. I I was incredulous at first, but you that is a perfectly reasonable explanation for that. Absolutely. Pants you can shit in. Anyway, um this week we are tackling the I don't know if I would call it a classic, but it is we are tackling <laughs> ghost classic. stories. Uh, yeah, the cult classic ghost stories. Specifically, we are diving into the sordid history of its infamous English dub. Um, now, uh, you know, I, some of you may or may not be familiar with this, but I'm willing to bet that if you don't know it by name, you've probably seen a YouTube clip or a TikTok or Instagram or something. We're going to go ahead and put in just a really quick clip of some of the dialogue right here. The Internet was a blessing from the Lord Jesus to spread the word of God throughout the world. But pedophiles and Muslims stole it and used its holy power to seduce children like yourself and get out. Not get out, get saved. That's it. That's what I'm talking about. Pump, pump, pump. <laughs> Think of a big black man chasing you. Well, he's not racist. I guess not. He's only 0.2 seconds faster. Ugh. Damn anime! Look what's happened to my eye! Could you turn the heat on at least? Muzzle top! Oh, just huddle together. Any closer and there'd be insertion. I may be a successful doctor, but first and foremost, I'm a Jew. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, and, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. And now I'm uh, on, on a lot of uh, watch lists um, oh. for having to pull up those clips. Thanks. <laughs> The, the moment we became friends, you were on watch lists like you should just get <laughs> you, you should accept that. Um, but before we kind of dive into the craziness, that is this ridiculous English dub. And I promise you what you just heard was the official English dub. Um, it's available on Crunchyroll. Go fact. It is us. on Crunchyroll. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have to take our word for it. You can watch this. Um, let's talk, let's really quick do the, the, uh, synopsis of the original Japanese version. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the dub. Um, the, uh, the official synopsis goes years ago, all of the ghosts in a haunted schoolhouse were banished by a certain student. Now they're back and they want revenge. Satsuki and Keichiro Miyanoshita, um, are two siblings recovering from the tragic loss of their mother. After moving to their mother's hometown, they learn that the local school they have transferred to is an old building, one said to be haunted. Despite initially brushing it off as a silly rumor, the two soon discover that ghosts are indeed real and that they're after them. Um, Ghost Stories is the creepy tale of the lives of these two siblings and their newfound friends as they try to survive the school's ghosts with a little help from their pet cat along the way. Now, that sounds kind of, you know, a little wholesome, a <laughs> little fun ghost story, right? That is not what the English dub has become. Um, before we get started, uh, Best Boy Dan, I just want to get a little bit of a feel. What, how did you first, what was your first encounter with this, with the English, the infamous English dub of ghost stories? So, honestly, it wasn't something in, that I was even aware of until very recently, um, maybe like a year or two ago, I started seeing like clips of it, like pop up on like Reddit and stuff. Okay. Um, but kind of didn't know much about it. And then I think like maybe best boy Jamie had, had mentioned something at some point, 
was was telling me about it and and then I've kind of just through osmosis like just kind of heard oh yeah there's like this English dub um like I think the story was uh I don't know if this is true you're gonna tell me uh they like lost the script and so they just like made it up as they went um which i don't think is entirely true having watched it now but um some degree of of that i would imagine it's Um, interesting i'm i'm glad to hear that you that that is the theory that you came across because there are a number of different theories about how this happened I actually did not cover that one in in this story, but I'm glad you brought it up because I now that you now that you're familiar with it, I will. Um, but yeah, go, go on. Okay, uh, yeah. So uh, that was like kind of the thing, and then I've having that kind of insight into it. I've seen these clips and was like, okay, that's what this show is going to be, and and to an extent, it did not disappoint in that. Um, though I. I think the thing that surprised me the most was as ridiculous as it is, they actually kind of told that story. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, there's there and there is a reason for that as well. Um, but interesting. Okay, so that's a that's a good background. That's probably most people's exposure. You see some things on social media, you see video clips, maybe reaction video. That's kind of your your introduction to this. I know me personally. I first saw this on Instagram a couple years ago. I thought it was fake. I didn't realize that it was the official English dub. I thought this was like, you know, like Dragon Ball Z abridged or like Donkey video or something like that, where right. like they're doing a fake voiceover. Um, like they had that that one video with like the fake voiceover of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, right? Which was the one where they're like, want a scissor? Um <laughs> So like, I haven't you know, seen I thought, that, but now I want to. <laughs> it's it's really funny. Um, it's, it's like basically like a really tender, really serious romantic moment, and then it, like at the end of it, uh, Toru uh, Toru just no um, Kobayashi just says to Toru, "Want to go home and scissor?" And she's like, "Oh God, yes." <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, moving on. There's less scissoring in the rest of this episode. Um, not, yeah, okay. Actually, not entirely. <laughs> well, there is some scissoring, but less than that. Um, there's less. There's there's more scissoring than you would want there to be in this in this story. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> we'll get into the principles of the lesbians later. Um, but yeah, if you spent any time on anime, TikTok, or Instagram, you've probably seen reaction videos um, to an anime about elementary schoolers and ghosts with an English dub that is so ridiculous it has to be fake. But it's actually a real anime, as we just spoke about. It's called Ghost Stories. It's based on a series of children's novels written by Toru Tsunamitsu. Um, but the story of how what's been described as simultaneously the best and worst English dub of all time... Uh, got made has become so apocryphal that it's almost an anime urban legend at this point. Um, but today we're going to do our best to unravel its origin story based on what we've been able to piece together from the listicles, from anime news stories and forum posts, all of which vary uh, to each other from different degrees. Um, so kind of take everything with a grain of salt. This is more for entertainment than any kind of serious historiological study of anime history or anything like that. Um, the this story... is the one truth 
that yes. of the event. I am the one lord, your god, <laughs> and there are no other gods but me. Um, no. <laughs> um, no, the, you know, basically this is, you know, the real truth of what actually happened is probably some combination of every story that's out there and also none of them. Um but uh, my primary source, my pri- blah, blah, primary source for this one is an article called "The Weird and Misunderstood History of the English Ghost Stories Dub," uh, which is on AnimeCorner.me by Matt Lyons. Um, if you want to do your own deep dive on the topic, that's a good place to start. There, they have a lot of sources listed there. I will say, take some of the sources with varying degrees of confidence because some of them are a little unreliable. But the entire story around this whole thing is unreliable so that's kind of par for the course um but anyway like most of the worst things produced in our lifetimes our story today begins in the early 2000s um (laughs) 2005 to be entirely accurate um aniplex the producers of the ghost stories anime adaptation that aired in japan from 2000 to 2001, reached out to a company called ADV Films to produce an English dub for the North American market. Um, another English dub had actually already been produced by Aniplex in-house, but was targeted specifically for Singapore, um, who, who apparently has a large English-speaking population. I, I was unaware of that. Um, so that's also hilarious that they already had an English dub. In yeah, the they bag. already had they already had an English dub, and they chose to make this, which is interesting. Um, now, this is kind of the last part of the story that we know for sure is true, because everything about what happens next, the accounts of it vary wildly. Um, so, strap in. The person in charge of the project was a man named Stephen Foster, uh, the dialogue director for ADV Films. Now, according to him, the reason why they were allowed to do what they wanted with the English dub was because Ghost Stories had performed so poorly in Japan that Aniplex and Studio Pierrot, who we're probably familiar with, um, wanted to do whatever they could to recoup their losses. Um, Now, this claim... It seems shaky because Internet sleuths have uncovered ratings contemporary to the show's original Japanese run published in Animedia magazine um, that seemed to indicate that the anime was doing quite well and had actually developed somewhat of a devoted fan base uh, among its target audience with some with some episodes even outperforming episodes of Pokemon that were running at the same time. Um, Yo, that's like pretty like hype pokemon era too yeah exactly that is like peak pokemon time so for some even if it was like a filler arc in pokemon for episodes of ghost stories to outperform it you really can't say that it was doing poorly right maybe maybe it was poorly monetized you know i I don't know but to, to say that that the the show itself was just so bad or so shitty or just so poorly received that they had to do something to save you know, to, to, to recoup their losses doesn't really scan for me. Um, another theory about how this came about is that there was some sort of misunderstanding between Aniplex and ADV regarding how much freedom they had in localizing ghost stories. And so they just simply took and ran with it. Um, what we do know, and this is how we can discount the um, 
the theory that they lost the script, which did not happen. I can say for sure there's a lot of things that may or may not be true about what happened here. The one one of the stories that we know is not true is that they did not lose the script. The script was intact. Um, oh, boo. I so like yeah, that, that story. That um, story is fun, but it is not the case. Can I I also want to interject for those who yeah. don't know? Because like you brought up ADV films and I was like, I've heard that name before. Um, they are responsible for Gurren Logan. Wait, no, that yeah. can't be right. That was uh, what's it called? The other studio. Um, uh, not Shaft. Um, oh, you're I, you're you're thinking of Poirot? No, 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 no. The the crazy ones. Oh no. Okay, so ADV they're they're not an anime production house. They do voiceovers. So yes, oh, they were okay. they were they did the English voiceover for Gurren Logan. Okay, so they did Gurren Logan. They did Elfin Lead. They did um, Golden Boy. They did Sailor Moon. They did Gantz. They did uh, just like Saint Seiya. You know, big names in yeah. This is not a two-bit production house. These 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 guys are they are they are familiar with the industry, um, which is why what happens, which is why the next explanation doesn't really hold water to me. Um, so the 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 one of the other popular theories is that they just um, there was a misunderstanding between Aniplex and ADV. Right. They, they didn't realize like a, they, they thought ADV was telling them to to do to do a different type of localization take on it than, than they were actually supposed to do. That doesn't make sense to me because they have been working. You know, they, they're they're not newcomers to this. They um, they have worked in anime before they work in anime specifically. Um, so th- that that doesn't really um, scan to me. Um what we do know is that the restrictions that were given to ADV were simply not to change the basic plot, the characters' names, or the ways in which they battled ghosts, okay? Um, so, like, I don't have any specific details to corroborate or disprove the theory that they just had a misunderstanding, but I do know that Japanese media companies are not famous for allowing their contractors and subordinate studios to have a ton of creative freedom with their intellectual properties, right? That's not a thing that just happens, um, now, the far more likely explanation for how the dub ended up the way it did is simply because this is just how Stephen Foster did things, right? Um, before ADV ever touched ghost stories, Foster had already garnered a reputation for making significant changes to storylines and dialogue whenever he thought the original source material was boring or he just didn't like it, Right. Um, fans even referred to this tendency as fosterizing. There's a word for it. Um, Hmm. whatever the case may be, Foster got his hands on the script and he set out with his translator, uh, Lucan Duran to rewrite it into the raunchy comedy filled with black humor and intentionally offensive content. Um, Uh, for a second, I wasn't sure what you meant by black humor. (laughs) Oh god, yeah. Because of the way the humor is set up, yeah, there are some kind of because miscommunications so you can have about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, why they decided to go this route is actually one of the simpler topics to unravel. One need only look at the media landscape during that time period. Shows like South Park and Family Guy 
were constantly pushing the boundaries of what could be done on television, while comedians were engaged in a kind of war of brinksmanship with each other to see who could be the least, quote unquote, politically correct, um, as names like Carlos Mencia and Dane Cook uh, became huge just for saying the most offensive things they could think of at any given moment. Best Boy Dan, do you do you have oh, impressions? Remember you, you remember this era, right? Talk to me a little bit about your your impressions of this era. I mean, this this was my era, right? Like, <laughs> this is so we're talking about like what two thousand and five, two thousand five, yeah, I early two thousand eighteen in two thousand and five, right? Okay, so that that is like like when I was becoming a human and aware of the world, and like, yeah, I remember. This was this was the era where like the man show was on television. Yeah, the man show, like, junkies like on trampolines. I, yeah, like I, I think that that is maybe the best way to kind of really put into context what was socially acceptable at that time and what was considered humor, and it was it was kind of uh, the tail end of what had come with like nineties comedies, um, right. And and so I think of things like American Pie and like Road Trip and like the kind of like R rated were going for the most extreme jokes. Yeah. Like and that kind of filtered down into things like South Park and Family Guy on like television. And then, uh, you know, you have the comics, too. So it was like it was very much kind of like the the new evolution of like the 90s like shock jocks and things like that yeah and i mean i feel like there's there's a a a very distinct um juxtaposition between what this is and what came before right because like you have before before this kind of era of just being as as offensive as popular as possible being popular as a form of comedy you had it, it kind of grew out of the type of comedy that was offensive and funny. And it wasn't funny because it was offensive. It was both. Right. So like you had people like Dan Carlin and you have Lewis Black. And what's interesting is that like Lewis Black is still active today. <laughs> um, but Dane Cook and Carlos Mencia, God only knows what they're up to. Um, but like. You know, you, you went from this idea of, hey, comedy can be comedy can be offensive and funny to comedy is funny because it's offensive. Right. So you, you even had, you know, South Park and Family Guy, again, two shows that are still around. I feel like their their kind of approach to comedy has changed since then, which is, I think, why they're still around. But during this time period. It was a race to see who could say the most offensive thing without being taken off of off of television, was, right? So, okay, a perfect example of that for for those who maybe have never watched like South Park or anything. I I watched at the time. I haven't watched in a long time, so I, I'm not as familiar with what it is like today. But there was there was one plot line in the early seasons where there was like one character. I think it was Butters at the time, where they were just, like, increasingly, like, more mean to that character. Yeah. And it was, like, a comedy bit. But, like, it got to the point where they were just, like, 
just doing wretched, horrible things to this character. Yeah. All just in the sake of comedy. They they kind of treated Butters the way they treat Keshiro in this show, um, which we'll yeah. get to more <laughs> yeah, later. <very> yeah. <laughs> it's very similar. Um, but yeah, so this is the kind of media landscape that exists around the time that Foster and Duran are working on Basically, you know, translating is not a good term. They're basically working on rewriting the script with Duran kind of being there to translate what the central plot is so that they can kind of stick to that. But then everything around it is being like self-parkified almost. Um, but it, it, this actually the, the final product, it, it wasn't all due to the script that Foster and Duran ended up putting together. Um, the dubbing process was basically a complete free-for-all, uh, according to many sources, with voice actors being encouraged to ad-lib to such a degree that it became difficult for them sometimes to keep the continuity between episodes. Like, they, they sometimes, with all of the different bits that everyone was doing, they just couldn't keep up sometimes, and they had oh, to go yeah. back and be like, oh, wait, did what did this character say, or is this character anti-Semitic, or... At, at times throughout yes there are a lot of meta jokes a lot of time and it's funny too because some of the meta jokes are like about the fact that the 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 what's it called uh the lip syncing is really bad um oh wait hold on there's there's one that's like so good it's yeah. um i have it it's I, I throughout the show i wrote down my favorite lines um oh, perfect <laughs> it was leave me alone. I'm doing my standard anime arms up pose. Exactly. Yes. They, they, they would say silly stuff like that. Like when, when whatever that, when whatever the character was supposed to say, they thought was boring or stupid. They would just ad lib and do whatever they wanted. Right. Um, uh, stupid anime. Why are my eyes like this? Yeah. And it was like um, a scene where she had the eyes drawn where it's like kind of the like rainbow shape or it's just oh, like, like kind of like Brock's eyes. So Brock has like the like flat eyes. Think about if like Brock were happy, they would draw oh, him okay. with like kind of the arch as the eyes. Yeah, I see what you're going with now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the voice actors actually improvised so much of the script that they too were given writer's credits. Um, so it wasn't just uh, Foster and Duran who got the writer's credits. The actors did too, because so much of what the script ended up being was just them ad-libbing. Um some voice actors later recalled that people were brought in off the street um, to play kind of like, you know, one 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 episode side characters and just allowed to say whatever they wanted. Um, and one fun, I guess, fun fact recording about this recording process is that none other than Vic Manoa, who you might know from the English dubs of shows like Dragon Ball, Full Metal Alchemist, Bleach and Naruto, um, actually had a role in Ghost Stories. He played Da Vinci in episode 13. Um, oh. But he, <laughs> be, but because of how ridiculous this show was, he insisted on being credited under a pseudonym, Obi Frost Tips. Hilarious. Which is a, a, a genuinely funny name. Um, um, especially at that time, because Frost Tips were really... Yeah, Frost, Frost and Tips were in. in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and puka um, shells. Oh, it and was puka an awful, shells. It was an awful time in life. One one could say one of the worst times in our period of, of existence as human beings. Um, but this, uh, you know, the end product ended up being filled with 
I guess the word is humor that relied heavily on uh, being as offensive as possible um, with topics ranging from domestic abuse, bestiality and mental disability to anti-Semitism, sexism and racism. Heavy um, emphasis on those heavy last on, three. Oh, yeah. They they leaned all the way in on those ones. Uh, many of the characters had their own had their personalities completely changed. With the uh, children's teacher, Mr. Sakata, becoming a pervert known for peeping in on the girls' locker room, and Momoko becoming an evangelical Christian who never stops talking about God. She is okay, my, my favorite character, that. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but so I guess wh- where does that where that leaves us is what can be said about the legacy of ADV films' is ghost stories English dub. Uh, to be frank, it doesn't hold up well a, a lot of times. Um the after the novelty of the ridiculous dialogue wears off, it's a bit of a slog to get through. I will be entirely honest with you, folks. I did not watch every single episode. I skipped around a little I bit. Um, did best for boy you Dan best did. Buds. He did it for you. <laughs> I did it for you. Um, it's a lot. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk more about our impressions of it in a minute. Um. But one, you know, its primary appeal these days is to provide shock value for short form reaction videos on social media uh, and Halloween content for podcasts run by hacks and frauds. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But one thing that can be said about this dub is that it is undoubtedly the forefather of what would later become the trend of abridging anime. Um, So for those of you who are familiar with like DBZ abridged is the famous one. You also have, I think they did a Full Metal Alchemist abridged, you know, these type of... Yeah, they did Evangelion. Although, it must be said that DBZ abridged was way more faithful to the source material than Ghost Stories ever was. Um, So they've got that going for it. Um, But yeah, that's kind of like my little short history on how how this happened. What what happened? How how do we Ghost Stories English dub? Um... Best Boy Dan, do you want to you want to get us uh, going with some some of your impressions about the show? Yeah. So I want to start off with a question for you. Let's hear it. All right. So did you like the show? (laughs) Okay. so (laughs) it's complicated, right? (laughs) It's complicated. Yeah. Did I like the show? The experience of watching it was fun. Did I like the show? No. (laughs) <laughs> what was fun about it was that I didn't like it. I, I don't know if that makes sense. It's kind of like it's the experience of watching The Room, right? Where you're not enjoying the show because of what it is. You're enjoying the show because of its idiosyncrasies, right? It's funny to me when these little anime kids are saying ridiculous things like, why do all principals look like lesbians? <laughs> you know, like, is that is, you know, it's one of those things like, is it right? No. A lot of the stuff in this show is incredibly offensive. There's a lot of racism. There's a lot of anti-Semitism. Um, there's a you. This is one of the examples people say all the time, like, oh, you could never make that show today. And like it's they say it about something stupid that you could actually absolutely make today. <laughs> you could never make this show today. Oh, and absolutely. you shouldn't. You absolutely shouldn't. No, I, and so what's funny is when I was watching it, like, I would say I approach this show with a strong caution and a knowledge of 
what you can handle in terms of appropriateness, right? Yeah. Like, this show is inappropriate on every level. If that is something you don't like, don't watch this show. If that is something you enjoy, if that is the kind of humor you get a kick out of, you will probably enjoy this show, right? It has a lot of the comedy sensibilities of that time period, it also has a lot of the comedy sensibilities of that time period, which is a bad thing too. Yeah. Right? Like for me, the thing that stuck out the most and made it the most difficult to watch was how casually they dropped the F and the R words. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's something that, um, took me out of, uh, was i watching that it was just so jarring um bill and ted's excellent adventure yeah right which is like a wonderful movie would 100 percent recommend like from the 80s love it keanu reeves great etc etc they dropped the f-bomb in in two of the three movies the one made in the 2020s they didn't but yeah i mean i feel like that's a whole cultural thing too because there's two sides of that coin. There are because in that time there was genuinely it was a part of the lexicon. I'm not saying that's good or that it's right or it's okay because it's not. But it was genuinely a word that was commonly used for things that were not necessarily meant to be homophobic, but and but that's still not okay. Yeah. You know? Um same with the R word. You know, the R word being used as a pejorative was very common up until very recently. Um, And again, like I said, not okay, not right, but it it is is a a factor of that time (laughs) period. It is something that in that year, as absurd as it is, you probably wouldn't have batted an eye. Absolutely not. The same way that we do today. Because, like, You'll have something like that, which will totally take me out of it. But then, like, you'll have, you know, something that's, like, just so incredibly anti-Semitic. Like, um, we can't let that dreidel spinner get the part. (laughs) Right? In reference to the character who they just kind of make Jewish for, like, whatever reason. And they, like... Yeah, there's no reason for him to be Jewish either, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, no, and and it's literally just to throw Jewish stereotypes at the character, like every single one you can think of, the greedy Jew, like et cetera, et cetera. His parents are like, oh, he's vault, et cetera. Like, yeah. Oh my know. God, his parents are really offensive Jewish <laughs> caricatures. And, uh, before all of you cancel me, I am Jewish. <laughs> yeah. So I can I can do the voice. Like, yeah, he can do um, the voice. Still. I'm not allowed to do the voice. <laughs> um, but. You know, I mean, it's it is an equal opportunity, like offender. Like I I, there's no one that they don't kind of hit in this. And to me, the kind of the the anti-Semitic and the racist and the, um, you know, jokes of that nature are so absurd within the context of the show that there's a sort of humor to them. Yeah. It's not it's quite this... satire, but it, it, it's edging in that direction. 
But yeah, like, it, it's it, kind of like, you know how every now and then something will come out where people will be like, oh, it's a satire, but it's not. And people don't understand the difference between satire and just bad humor is that satire is supposed to be making fun of the thing that is supposed to be seen as funny. Um, so, so like, I think one of the, the, um, like there are times where they do it well, right. Where like, for example, like the Jewish character where he's like, um, it'll mean less time on kosher comma sutra.net, but you got to do what you got to do. And like, well, Things like that <laughs> are are legitimately funny. <laughs> oh my god! Don't please. <laughs> oh, I'm doing uh, it. It, oh, it doesn't no. exist. It doesn't exist. Okay. Yes, um, I'm gonna buy the domain. <laughs> but like, you know, drag queens won't hurt you. Watch out for priests. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think There's... one of my favorite lines, and like again, none of these lines are okay. Don't for a moment think that we're condoning this kind of stuff. But like. There is there is a comedic element to it. And I think a lot of the comedy comes from watching it come out of anime elementary schoolers' mouths. But one of my favorites was the ghosts don't ghosts only hurt evil people like Republicans and women over forty. That was <laughs> fucking hilarious to me. My my absolute favorite was uh, the like little kid who talks like you know like a little kid is like, "What happened to your shoes? Did the Crips beat you up and take them?" They did that to me, and now my dad only buys me cheap shoes from Payless. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ketchero's voice lines were hilarious. Also, like <laughs> the the way the way that his sister talked to him was absolutely wild. Most of the most of the R words that are in this show are directed at Ketchero. Oh um, God! Because he's apparently dyslexic, um, and I, I I don't know. It's just it. it his sister is just wild to him. Like what? Like you remember the scene where she walks in and she's like, "Did you do your homework? Oh wait, I forgot. You're dyslexic. Homework yet? Did you do?" Oh my <laughs> god! And she says all of her lines backwards. Yeah, all of her lines backwards. And that is a dedication to the bit that is just really well done, as offensive and awful as it is. It, it's like, yeah, it, it it's. It's one of those shows that you kind of like laugh of in spite of yourself. It's like it's I like I can't recommend it, but I also recommend it at the same time. I think it's it's really one of those things that like we will try and give you as much warnings and tell you as much about what this is and really you just decide for yourself if if you're okay with it. I mean, my kind of bottom line on it is if you're asking me, should I watch this show? My answer is no. But if you're going to, there are some things about it that you need to be prepared for going in. I'm not saying it's a bad watch. Um, I am saying that if you are going to watch it, you should be aware that the humor is dated. If you are of a certain era, like Best Boy Dan and I are, it will kind of it will resonate with you because that's something that you were exposed to in the early 2000s when you were your your formative years right um if you're a gen zer um <laughs> I, you probably think, won't like there's there's nothing in here that you would really enjoy i don't think but i mean i there's jokes to be made but i definitely think that there's a, a sensibility to it that is very much of that it's era it's funny too because it feels worse. it feels Mostly like we're talking worse. about 
it feels like we're talking about a racist grandparent almost where it's like <laughs> it's it's from a different time period but you know like, like everyone's this was normal the when she was young this, <laughs> the racism and the sonality mix and it's funny she she actually loves gay people she just can't stop saying the f word um she's a real big fan of broadway um, oh, yeah. yeah, so it's it's one of those kind of things where we're 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 just making excuses for our racist old grandmother at this point. <laughs> except the grandmother is a is a in the English dub of a of a Japanese TV show made in the early two thousands. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So there there's a couple like fine like points I want to hit with it too. Yeah, let's hit um, some points, bro. One. Uh, there's a running theme of hating on Christian Slater. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. That was hilarious. <laughs> someone, someone had an axe to grind with Christian I, Slater and deciding believe, Ghost Stories was the forum to take it out on. I believe that Stephen Foster must have at some point been in the same building as Christian Slater and Christian Slater didn't hold the door for him. And Stephen Foster never let that go. It was just like so bizarre that it was so consistent. At least every other episode, there's a Christian Slater joke about his career being over, which is also ironic because this is pre Mr. Robot. Yeah, this this was like prior to Christian Slater's career renaissance. (laughs) Um, which again even Mr. Robot was I only watched like the first season and a half before I was tired of it but it was good Um, at first so the other thing I want to point out is like every literally every episode they're like there's no way that it could be a haunting and and guess what every episode it's a haunting (laughs) yeah and I feel like that's also part of the fact of that it again one of the things that gets lost in this when we're talking about how crazy the English dub is, this was a children's show when it was first written, right? So, uh, like, yeah. it obviously it has the same things that, like, a Scooby-Doo show would have, where only with Scooby-Doo it's the opposite. They're like, it has to be ghosts, but it never is. And in this time, so, you flip it on its head, it's like, it can't ever be ghosts, but it always is. Well, it's it's even more than that because it it is supposed to be like a children's horror. It's almost it kind of reminds me of like Goosebumps, right? Like yeah, but I guess Goosebumps also has the same thing, you know? Yeah, but it, it's like effectively just like twenty different ghost stories, and they found they actually I have to give it to them the idea behind like the mother trapped all the ghosts. And like, you know, various things are happening, like construction on the mountain, things that set all the ghosts free from their slumber to seek revenge on her ancestors. Like that premise for a serialized like ghost anime is actually really good. I will say this. They didn't have the same kind of banger theme song that um, Goosebumps had because that Goosebumps song was fucking banging. You're right, especially the dog with the glowing eyes. But oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, the ED <laughs> is actually oh, fire. <laughs> no, okay. Here's the thing: uh, the ED, it's the ED is a really weird choice for the original show, which is again, as we said, a children's mystery horror show. But it works really well for the English dub because it's <laughs> raunchy. So okay, here are the translated lyrics for the. Um, 
the ED of ghost stories. Keep in and mind, I, this is again, a children's show. This is a children's show. The ED is from beyond the sunset. There is a mirage. I miss you. I miss you. I need you. I need you. Sexy, sexy. Hey, won't you come to my room? I'll let you in on a little secret. My heart was drenched by the outrageous night as well. Time cannot be turned back. Come back, come back, come back. From beyond the passion, there is a mirage. Rocket, 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 rocket. What feels good is paradise. If we can meet at that place which burns furiously. Rocket, 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 rocket. Sexy, sexy. Nobody clip that. Ever. <laughs> Um, That's my new ringtone for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like it's a really like kind of it's a sexy kind of like let's fuck song. But like it comes at the end of a, of a show about elementary schoolers looking for ghosts. Don't worry. It's, it's like if it Scooby-Doo had like going to be the ED of this episode. It's like you'll if, hear it. If Scooby-Doo. If the ED for Scooby-Doo was, like, Toxic Wop. by Britney Spears. <laughs> you know, Toxic's better. You know, like, it's really weird choice. Oh, my God. Like, now, I, all I want to do now is use my Final Cut powers to, like, <laughs> to, to put Scooby-Doo to Toxic. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, but my yeah, God. The, it's, bes- it's 11 o'clock at night. I can't do this. I'll be up till 4 in the morning. Besides the ED, the only other thing I did want to talk about that I wanted to bring umbrage for um, was the fact that there are way too many panty shots in this show for a show about elementary schoolers. That was uncomfortable. I did not like that. And they call it out in the dub. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's that. I I also want to say, too, that there's like one point where they get lost in like episode 18 and they literally just give up they're just like okay we have this thing we don't really know how we actually solve this so we'll do a thing with the thing and then the ghost will be defeated and that's like basically how the conversation goes yeah no there's a lot of plot holes the show is don't watch the show for the plot. Is basically I would say, kind of... if any of this has seemed interesting, like watch an episode here or there. Like show your friends. Like, hey, you guys want to see the most absurd dub of all times? And like, you know, you can get most of it out of the first episode. Like, it's it, every episode's the exact same. It's just more racist, anti-Semitic jokes, and and then like a new ghost of the week. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's like Scooby Doo <laughs> with racism, with yeah, more racism. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So, any any other final thoughts here on uh, on Ghost Stories, Best Boy Dan? Um, no. But um, I'm thinking about uh, marketing Scooby Doo with racism uh, to television channels in the South. Okay, I'm I'm sure there is a market for and, that. And plenty of rural parts of the north too, actually. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you'll 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 find a market for that. Uh, I don't know if it's a market you want to find, but you'll find it. Um <laughs> Oh my god. Oh no. I'm just picturing the ghosts aren't aren't ghosts. <laughs> oh oh no. We need to end the episode before you have any more ideas. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, thanks for tuning in, Best Buds. Uh, this has been our little our little spooky time October episode. Um, 
I hope you enjoyed the little our, our little urban legend uh, that we had to tell here. Um, tune in uh, next episode in two weeks. We're going to be covering the fall anime slate that we have. We've got a lot of good shows coming up. Um, and, and no grooming fantasies. Exactly zero <laughs> grooming fantasies involved. Um, but yeah, if you so enjoyed far. this episode, um, you know, leave, rate and review us five stars. You know, really just kind of, kind of really berate that like button. Just let it know, you know, what its place oh, is yeah. in the world. No, like, um, yeah, spit on it. Um, use a lot of slurs um, on yeah. it. Choke um, it a little lightly, 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 lightly. Don't use a blood choke. Always an air choke. Blood choke will kill you. Air choke is for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think. Have you seen uh, ghost stories? Are you familiar with the English dub? Where are you going to go find it after this? I hope not. Um, is your like you can, button okay? Is your like button okay? Are you engaging in in responsible kink play with your like button? Uh, let us know at the best <laughs> in Instagram at bestboys underscore pod, or you can send us an email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Um, if you if you write a fan fiction about your relationship with your like button, I will read it on air. That's my yeah. that's my promise to you. We'll for make this a episode. whole episode out of it. I'll underscore it. We'll make an audio thing. It'll be you, great. You do you. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for tuning in, best buds, and we'll see you on the next episode. Good night. Bye. Sexy.